A word that's most commonly associated with Mother's Day or with mothers is love. And a word that's very closely aligned with love is forgiveness. And so in this new way of living, in this new day, we're going to think about forgiveness. Now that's not saying that mothers, this is message just for you, because I think probably mothers are best at being forgiving, but it's actually a message for all of us. And in this new day, we want to live in a way that expresses the love of Jesus to the people in our lives. So let's begin by looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, I'm sure that we can all understand Peter's question because our human instinct is to put a number on things like how much we've got to give, how much we're going to get in return. We want to know the parameters of people's expectations. So in asking this question, I'm sure Peter was not trying to get out of forgiving someone. Rather, I think he actually thinks he's being very generous in suggesting seven times. Because in Peter's day, it was a teaching of the rabbis that a person should be forgiven for a repeated wrong three times. On the fourth time, well, there was no obligation to forgive. A sort of a three strike and you're out rule. So what Peter is doing here is actually upping the ante. Now he knows that Jesus tends to go further than cultural norms. So by suggesting that he forgives someone seven times for the same wrong, actually he's demonstrating great mercy. Surely this will please Jesus. And Jesus responds by acknowledging Peter's willingness to forgive. However, his radical response takes Peter and suggests to Peter that he should go even further than this. He basically says there's no limit to how much you should forgive. Now, when he says 70 times 7, he's not saying to Peter that we should count offences until we reach 490. If you can put a number on it, then it's not extreme enough. Forgiveness is not tied to manageable natural numbers. Instead, it is tied to supernatural grace and mercy. Jesus is saying to Peter here, Peter, you're on the right track, but let's go even further. Let's make it a number so high that we lose count. Because this new, this new way of living with Jesus is a way that is not quantifiable. Rather, it's a way that we live that has no limits. In fact, it's a way of freedom, freedom to love, freedom to give, freedom to live life to the full and to forgive. Perhaps this last one is the most challenging, but we need to think of it in the way that Jesus describes this truth. Forgiveness of ourselves and others is our response to God's forgiveness of us. After Jesus answers Peter's question, he goes on to tell a story. He wants to make his point clear. Jesus is telling this story to help us understand what the kingdom of God is like, what this new way of living is like, particularly as it relates to forgiveness. And this story is about a king who has decided to bring his accounts up to date. Jesus focuses in on one particular servant. Look at Matthew 18 verse 24. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. 
This guy owed the boss so much money that he could never possibly repay it. Verse 25. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. Now this man has no hope of paying. And the king takes everything of value from him, his wife, his children, his possessions, and he sells them to try and recoup some return for himself. This servant has no money, so he's desperate and he pleads for time. Look at here what he does. Look here at what he does in desperation. He falls on his knees, begging his master for mercy, asking him for patience so he can pay it back. Then the story takes a surprising twist. Look at verse 27. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. This comes as a surprise. The master feels pity for him and his situation and instead of valuing his money, instead of seeking revenge for um, what this man's done to him, he values the man and his plight and he generously wipes the slate clean. Notice he forgave him and released him. But this wasn't the only surprise in the story. Look, at the, look as the story goes on. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now, as you read through this, you can see the similarities, can't you? But there's one major difference. The first servant, who'd been forgiven so much and released from paying this massive debt, he didn't extend this same measure of mercy and forgiveness to his fellow servant. Notice in verse 29 that the second servant really pleaded in the same way that this, this other servant had earlier. He said, be patient with me and I will pay you. I think one other point we need to note here is the amount that was owed. Remember the first guy, he, owned an he owed an exorbitant amount. But this other guy owned, owes only a small amount in comparison. The first man who was forgiven millions shows no mercy to the one who owes only a few thousand. Instead of meeting him with the gracious forgiveness that was extended to him, we see the opposite. We read in verse 28 that he grabbed him and started choking him and threw him into prison and wouldn't release him until he could pay the debt. But the story doesn't stop there. The other servants saw this happening and they were outraged. They were angry and they were deeply upset. And so they went and told the master and the master calls the servant in and he says, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now Jesus makes the point that the one who has received forgiveness, he of all people should be the one eager to forgive and not withhold it. N.T. Wright is a famous theologian and he says, every time you forgive someone else, you pass on a drop of water out of the bucket full of forgiveness that God has already given you. Isn't that a wonderful image? Every drop of water in God's bucket for me represents his forgiveness of me. That's why mine is so full. 
So when I forgive someone else, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what God gives me. The forgiveness we receive from God as well as the forgiveness we give to others leads us to freedom. The freedom to live our lives with the same abundant love that we've been given. This is the new way of living in the new day. I don't think there's any greater example of forgiveness than Christ himself on the cross. He suffered, he was tortured and beaten. And then as he's hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Do you think that those Roman soldiers deserve forgiveness? Do you think that those religious leaders who stirred up that crowd to, to crucify Christ deserve forgiveness? Well, if it was me, I'd probably say no. But you know, Jesus gave it anyway. That's how God feels towards us. He loves us and he will forgive us no matter what we've done. If we ask him for his forgiveness, we'll receive it. But with this new way of living, this is where it gets challenging. Having received the forgiveness of God, now we have to extend that same, or we should extend that same forgiveness to others. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. C.S. Lewis said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. And isn't that true? We love the idea of forgiveness, particularly when we're the ones being forgiven. The idea of forgiveness is great, but the reality is it's harder in practice and it's certainly not for the faint-hearted. After all, the boldest act of forgiveness in the world was seen in the bloodied, beaten and torn body of Jesus Christ. He who had done no wrong took on all of my sin, all of our sin, so that we could receive forgiveness. I think actually to forgive is one of the gutsiest things that you can do in life. And in this new way of living, forgiveness is a new way of looking at people. Seeing them not for what they've done, but seeing them as God does, for what they can be. And in fact, seeing them for what they were intended to be. Because forgiveness is necessary to the kingdom of God. It's one of the key ways that God's love is lived out here on earth. And if forgiveness is this important, we need to take it seriously. True forgiveness isn't easy because it requires a change in us. And so often we don't want to change. And sometimes it's easier to go on with our lives without pursuing forgiveness. There are actually 75 words in the Bible for the word forgive. And in the New Testament, in the New Testament most of them are translated as to release, to let go of something, to free yourself from something. When you forgive someone, you actually set a prisoner free, yourself. If you fail to forgive, you will be the one who ends up hurting the most. And to withhold forgiveness is not only detrimental to the person you're withholding it from, but it's detrimental to yourself. And you'll be impacted not just spiritually, but emotionally and physically. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you're excusing what they've done. It doesn't mean that you're saying that 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 what they've done never happened. It's not pretending. What it is, is it's a new way of living. It's about release and letting go. It doesn't mean that the, that the pain that's been caused will immediately go away. But it does mean that as we release, as we let go of the power and control that other people over, have over our hearts and our minds and our souls, we get peace 
peace comes into our lives so that we can move forward. It's a choice, not a feeling. And the good news of this new day, this new way of living, is that the forgiveness we receive from God, as well as the forgiveness we give to others, leads us to freedom, to live our lives with the same abundant love and mercy that we have so generously been given. So you say, Pam, I understand what you're saying, but actually I agree with you. It's really hard to forgive. How do I do it? Well, God gives us a very clear way in his word about the steps we need to take. Three clear steps. The first one is to decide. Now, you're never going to forgive if you wait until you feel like forgiving, because you won't. You have to decide to obey God and keep resisting the devil's attempts to poison you with his bitter thoughts. Make a quality decision to forgive and God will heal your wounded emotions in due time. So you decide and then you depend. You need to depend on God. You cannot forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to come to him and ask him and he will give you the power to forgive. And thirdly, you need to obey. And God says clearly two things that we need to do. We need to pray for those who hurt us. And we need to bless them and not curse them. The, to bless means to speak well of. And to curse means to speak evil of. You can't walk in forgiveness and keep talking about the person and about the offence. So let's enter into this new day by receiving Christ's forgiveness and then forgiving those who have hurt us so that we can enjoy this new way of living which brings blessing and freedom and power and peace. I'm going to pray and I invite you to pray with me. If you've never received Christ's forgiveness, then I ask you today, why don't you pray and, and tell Christ that you are sorry for the, the sin in your life and ask for his forgiveness. He died, he gave his life so that you could have forgiveness, so that you could have freedom, so that you could have life to the full. Why not pray and receive his forgiveness today? Also, if there's someone in your life that perhaps you're finding it difficult to forgive, then as we pray, why not decide to, to forgive? Why not ask God to give you the power of the Holy Spirit to enable you to forgive, to pray for that person, to bless them so that you can be set free and enjoy this new way of living in Christ. Let us pray. Dear God, our Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you so much for your love, for the way that you have shown us the way to love. We thank you, God, for your forgiveness, for the way that you have forgiven us of all our sin. You have set us free. What you've done for us is just so great. And what you're asking us to do for others, to forgive others, is just a drop in the bucket compared to what you've done for us. And so today, Lord, I pray for people who want to receive your forgiveness for the first time, or maybe for it again. Lord, I pray for them. I pray that as they open their hearts to you, that they will receive your forgiveness in all of its fullness, and they will have a sense of peace and freedom as they receive that from you, because you have said, ask and you will receive. I pray for people today who are carrying burdens and hurts, and they want to forgive, I pray God you'll give them the power to forgive, that you will give them the ability to rise up and to have the courage to call on you and allow you by your power to forgive through them to the person that has hurt them. 
I pray, God, that you'll give them the power to express your love to others so that we can live in a world that is marked by love, that we will live in this new day, this new way of living marked by love and forgiveness. We thank you that you don't call us to do the impossible, but you give us everything that we need so that we can do all things through you who give us the strength. We thank you for this, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Now, as we um, conclude this morning, let's join in worship. And as we go out into this week, I pray that God will bless you. I pray that God will be kind and gracious to you, that he will take care of you. I pray that as you go out into this week, that he will look on you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. God bless you.